Christianity can be extremely confusing. Life itself can be extremely confusing. Trying to navigate the different paths, the different issues that arise in life. Christianity can be confusing in that there's a lot of things that we're taught that don't exactly line up with logic. Christianity can be confusing in that we we celebrate something in the past that God came, and we're looking forward to God coming again, and so now we're kind of in this in-between time and wondering, well, what should we do? Christianity can be confusing because there can be certain Christians who are saying one thing and then other Christians who are saying another thing that's almost the exact opposite. It can be confusing in the midst of darkness, in the midst of hardship, to know exactly what to do. It's understandable that sometimes we'd be confused on what Jesus wants for our lives. The Bible is a complex book that was written by many, many different authors over thousands of years. And so the complexity can lead to confusion. The problem with confusion, confusion can lead to a lack of confidence. And a lack of confidence leads to a lack of action. So sometimes in our Christian walk, we've got lots of lack of action because of confusion. Well, God doesn't want us to be confused because God wants action. God wants us doing stuff. That's why I contend that Jesus made it crystal clear and the Apostle Paul makes it crystal clear here in the book of Romans saying, hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what I want. And it's very simple. Paul says, hey, as you're waiting for the return of Jesus, it comes down to this. Love people. And so we finish our marching orders from God today with our understanding that God really wants two things, love Him and love people. And so as we add on our final phrase this morning to our hand motions to remember kind of what God says to us, we got to remember this, love people. So this is how it's going to go. We got to connect love people with our previous things. So it's and participation is required. And love people. Okay. And love people. Okay, here we go. I am the beloved of God. Therefore, with all that I am, all that I have, love God and love people. (laughs) All right. All right, I need a volunteer to come forward one more time, see if I can get it right. Think, think. I am the beloved of God. Therefore, with all that I am and all that I have, love God and love people. This is what God desires for us. God has simply created us to be in a reciprocal relationship of love The first reciprocal relationship of love that we are in is with God himself. That's why we're the beloved. We should be soaking ourselves in the deep, deep love of Jesus Christ. When we reflect upon the cross, we know that God loves us. And it's from this foundation of love that we respond, first with love to God and then with love for people. Well, this idea of loving people isn't exactly actually controversial I mean, I've never heard anyone disagree with the idea that we should love people. But where's the challenge then? Well, the challenge is is how Jesus defines it or the direction that Jesus gives to us. He says what? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
He just had to throw in that little word. That changes everything. What Jesus is basically saying is saying, hey, hey, all of that peace and security, all of that hope and joy that you want for yourself that's in your own skin, guess what? You should want that for your neighbor. What you want for yourself, the good that you want, you should also want for your neighbor. And all of us want, want what for ourselves? Good. If you don't want good for yourself, you are sick, right? And we agree on that. Our society agrees on that. History agrees on that. If people don't want good for themselves, they're what? Given help. And so we want good for ourselves. And so Jesus is saying, hey, just as you want good for yourself, you want that same good for other people. Well, wanting good for other people. Well, it's such a challenge, and, and what makes it such a challenge? This morning, we're really going to focus in on some questions that arise when we talk about this idea of loving other people. Next week, we're going to kind of flush out what does it look like to love. So if you want to know what love does, got to wait, come back next Sunday, okay? Love does, we'll get into that next week. This week, we're just going to wrestle with, okay, we're trying to love people. God tells us to love people. What are some of the issues that come up when we're trying to love people? people. One of the first things that comes up when we're trying to love people is that oftentimes people are unwilling to receive love. Not only are people unwilling to receive love, but actually people what? Fight against the reception of love. So you might have someone in your life today, there's been some struggle, maybe a friend, maybe a family member, maybe a co-worker, where there's been some wrongdoing between the two of you You've been guilty of some, they've been guilty of some, and, but now you've been trying. You've been trying to do good for them and to them, but you know what? They're not even receptive to it, and it hurts you, and, and that's understandable. And so it hurts you, so what does it cause you to do? It causes you to slow down and back up a little bit. Well, this is where Christianity is countercultural. God doesn't say, hey, hey, love your neighbor if they receive the love. No matter what, we have to love our neighbor. So this morning I want to share two things you can do if there's someone in your life who's not willing to receive love or who has simply asked for no longer for a relationship to be in place. Two things you can do how you can still love that person. The first thing you can do is this. You can speak well of that person all the time. Even if the person has broken a relationship with you, you are still speaking about that person. So you love that person by doing what? Speaking well of them. And you say, well, they're not there. How's that loving them? They're not there. Well, I'm unloving when what? I'm holding a grudge or bitterness. Now, turn in your Bible, if you would, with me. We're going way back to the book of Leviticus. Some of you only know the book of Leviticus because this is where you stop every January when you're trying to read through the Bible in a year. Leviticus chapter 19 Leviticus 19, we're going to look at this one verse in this chapter, but this chapter really lays out this understanding of God's desire for relationships. Leviticus 19, verse 18. Leviticus 19, verse 18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. But not hold a grudge. 
holding a grudge is being unloving. And you say, I'm not doing anything against the person. Well, just being neutral of holding a grudge for someone, maybe not even acting upon it, is unloving. So if you want to love someone who has broken a relationship with you or who you're not engaged with or who's not receptive of love, there's one thing you can always do. That's speak well of them. And this can be hard, I even know for myself, because there's feelings that say something else. But maybe sometimes we need to start speaking well of them before we actually feel it so our feelings fall in line. This morning, the person that you're struggling with, are you speaking well of them? No matter how they respond in your life, no matter what they do, this is something you can always do. It's not dependent upon anyone else, so there's no excuse. Are you speaking well of them? That's how you can love your neighbor as yourself. The second way that you can love your neighbor as yourself for someone who's not receptive to your love is this. You can pray blessings upon them. You can pray blessings upon them. It's not dependent upon them saying, oh, that's okay. Because it's not up to them if you're going to pray or not. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to pray that they don't get hurt. Okay, again, that's a position of neutrality. That's not wanting good for them. So remove the prayer from, Lord, help me not run into them in the hallway, help them have, to, Lord, help them have a great day. Pray blessings upon them. You're loving your neighbor because you're working for good for them. You say, how am I working? Well, you're praying. You're going to God on their behalf. You can love someone in your life who's unreceptive to love by speaking well of them all the time. You can love someone who's unreceptive to love by praying for blessings for them. Those are two ways right now today that you can love people who you are in a difficult relationship with. So that's one issue we run into a lot of times when we talk about love is this idea of, well, they're not receptive to our broken relationship. That doesn't give us an out. We're not loving them as we love ourselves. Speak well, pray blessings. The second issue that comes up when we talk about loving people is this. How do we love people who are in disagreement with us? Or another level higher and diff more difficult is, how do we love people who are doing something wrong? This is a tough one, especially for parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles. When you have someone in your family who's, who's doing something that you know is against the revealed desire of God as revealed in His Word, or if you've got a close friend you know who's entered into some sort of habit, some sort of relationship, some sort of lifestyle, some sort of thought pattern that you know is against the will of God. This is where it gets really murky. And as it gets murky, this is what most of us do. Back up, right? It gets difficult. So what's the first thing? When it gets difficult, a relationship gets difficult, what's the first thing and the easiest thing we do? Back out of the relationship. Oh, yeah, we're not going to be able to make it this year to the family gathering. I've, I got scheduled to work that night by chance. We all do this. It gets difficult, so we back up because most of us, what? We just want to be nice. And we want people to be nice to us. Love is not Minnesota nice. Okay? Jesus, the one who did perfectly love his neighbor, was not Minnesota nice. Don't take my word for it. Read about Jesus right here. If Jesus was Minnesota nice, he never would have been put on a cross. 
So what do we do? We're in a situation someone is doing something we're opposed to. Well, there's two things I want to encourage you to think about this morning. The first is this. Speak succinctly and clearly about the issue. Speak succinctly and clearly about the issue. This is how most of us handle a difficult situation. Hey, I'm um, really concerned about kind of how, you, how you've been using your time lately, and um, it, it just seems really weird that you're doing that. I mean, I mean, not that it's not any of my business or anything, but how you're using your, your time to um, participate in that all the time, and, and I, I don't, it's just concerning. Yeah, it's just concerning. I don't know. So then uh, I said something. Well, what did you say? So you kind of ham and haw all around. What we got to do is this. Succinctly, you need to practice what you need to say to that person. How you are currently handling your time is unhealthy for you and your family. Would you consider looking at your time in a different way? 30 seconds, I'm done. Boom. I've said it. And it's clear to them what? I'm concerned about how they're handling their time. If I add on this, well, it's just my perspective, I don't know. It, well, okay, now it's your opinion versus my opinion. No, no, no. I'm coming to you with a concern based upon God's desires for our lives. Succinctly and clearly, this is how we can speak truth in gentleness. God's Word tells us to do this, to speak truth to one another in a gentle spirit. So the first thing we can do is speak succinctly and clearly. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's extremely doable when you go in with a plan. It's not your job to defend God. It's not your job to convince them of, of the process or the, or the plan. It's simply what? Your job to make known the desires of God. The people of God have a responsibility to make known the desires of God as recorded in Scripture. You don't need to defend God. You've got to simply make it known, so succinctly and clearly. So then after you've done that, it, is it going to get awkward? Absolutely. Because most people, most people have not had good confrontation in their lives. Most people have had unhealthy confrontation. Something bad happens, what do you do? You just stop the relationship, you break it up, or you kind of get mad at each other for a while, and everybody's passive-aggressive. Most people have, have had unhealthy, so they don't have had healthy so it's going to be awkward, absolutely. But here comes the second piece to the pie of how you love your neighbor as yourself. You stay consistent with them. Most people have a difficult conversation, and what do they do? Avoid, avoid, avoid. But you need to stay consistent. So you have a grandchild right now. You've got a child that's going through some tough stuff. Very practically, what you need to do is this. Make it known what your concern is. You don't have to make it known every time you get together. But here's what you do need to be consistent on. You need to have supper every Tuesday. Every Tuesday you have supper. I'm just using this as an illustration. Every Tuesday have supper. Non-negotiable. Even if their behavior doesn't change, even if they're not responsive to how you've spoken it, you're going to stay consistent in that relationship. And you say, well, I don't know. I'm, they might take that as approval for what they're doing. That's not up to you. How they respond or how they perceiving what you're doing, you can't control that. The only thing you can control is what? Being obedient to the leading of God's Spirit. So if God's Spirit leads you to say something, it would be, un, it would be contradictory to the Word of God then for God's Spirit to lead you out of that relationship. 
because that's not what's revealed in God's Word. God says, love, stay in relationship. He even says, love your enemies. Well, what if our enemies take it as though we're approving for what they're... Hey, still love them. So stay consistent. Whatever it is, it might not be a meal, it might be coffee, or it might be hunting, whatever. I don't know what it is, but you need to find a way to stay consistent with that person. Most people have not experienced this. When the difficulty comes, then the other people don't usually offer the stuff they offer. So if you have a coworker you're having a tough time with, and you have that succinct, clear message, the next day, guess what? You should still bring daylight donuts for them. Specifically daylight donuts, because they're the best. So you should always think of the best like you do for yourself. So you need to be proactive. Sometimes we get so hung up in this love stuff. Oh, we got difficult people that are not receiving love. We got people that we disagree with. Therefore, we can't love. Guess what? We can still love. We can love by speaking well of people. We can love by praying blessings upon people. We can love in difficult situations by speaking succinctly and clearly. And we can love by staying consistent in relationship. This love stuff isn't meant to be simple. This love stuff, there's no promise that you're going to feel good. This love that Jesus asks of us for other people, it's not a feeling. It's way beyond a feeling. It's a will of the heart. It's an action of the mind. It's an action of the whole body for the good of another. So you're not always going to feel it. C.S. Lewis said this when writing about love. Do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you do. As soon as you do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love him. If you injure someone you dislike, you will find yourself disliking him more. If you do him a good turn, you will find yourself disliking him less. Very simply, C.S. Lewis is saying, hey, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're thinking, act as if you love them and allow your feelings to come in line behind. What's the next step you need to take? Everybody in this room, I guarantee you, everybody in this room could take one of those four steps today. What step do you need to take? Is there someone you need to speak well of? Is there someone you need to pray blessings upon? Is there someone that you need to talk to succinctly and clearly? Or is there someone that you need to get back in consistent relationship with after you've spoken with them? What's that next step that you need to take? Well, all of us would agree this morning that love is a great idea. Nobody's going to object to Jesus saying, hey, love people. And all of us are going to walk out of here today saying, yeah, love people. Jesus didn't say, Love everyone. He said, love your neighbor. In other words, Jesus was saying, hey, make this tangible. Don't the idea of just love humanity, that's not what Jesus is about. Love the person that you know that you're in relationship with. I think the Peanuts cartoon put it best. I love mankind. It's people I can't stand. I think that's how all of us feel at different times. The concept of love is great. But then it gets messy really, really fast when people get involved because people are messy. But guess what? I already know how to love one messy person because I love myself. So if you know how to love yourself, 
you already know then how to enter into the mess and love others. Today, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Identify one person. Identify one person in your circle of influence. It could be in your family, it could be a coworker, wherever. Identify one person that today you can say, you know what, I'm going to fulfill the desire of Jesus. I'm going to love this person. Stop for just a moment with all the mystery and all the questions of, well, how do we love the ISIS fighter in the Middle East? Or, or how do we love this person that believes this? No, no, just identify one specific person. Who's that person going to be that you can live out the desire of God in your life with them? Today, you and I need to be reminded that we are the beloved of God. That God has first loved us, not because we loved Him, not because we loved other people, but God first loved us. None of us have loved perfectly except one. Jesus Christ has loved perfectly. And that perfect love put Him on the cross for you and I today, where we experience His love, where He frees us, where He renews us to go out and to love God and to love others. So let's remind ourselves one more time of God's desire for our lives. I am the beloved of God. Therefore, with all that I am, with all that I have, love God and love people. Let us pray. Loving God, thank you for your deep, deep love this morning. And Lord, we ask now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would put someone on each of our minds, that you would help each of us identify a neighbor, someone that we can love this next week. God, thank you for loving us, even when we're unlovable. Thank you for initiating a relationship with love. We give you praise, God, for you are great, we are not. We give you praise, for you are God. You are our Lord and our Savior. Thank you for this opportunity to worship. Thank you for this opportunity to hear from your word. In Jesus' name, amen.